business, finance, and economics. This is Finance Fridays, real economics for real life. The vaccines are coming. I repeat, the vaccines are coming. With COVID-19 cases continuing to rise in Europe and North America, our hopes to return to a more normal economic and social order are pinned to a vaccine or treatment for the virus. So, is the vaccine the great silver bullet we've all been waiting for to return us to normality? Or do our policymakers still have a job to do to rescue us from the global pandemic's economic and social devastation? All of this and much more coming up. All right then, vaccine news. Here is what you need to know. Last week, Monday, a collaboration between the American pharmaceutical giant Pfizer and the German biotechnological company BioNTech said they had encouraging early results from their phase three clinical trial. The trial's purpose was to assess how well the vaccine works in preventing humans from being infected. From this, they found that the vaccine was more than 90% effective at seven days after the second dose. As the two doses are spaced by three weeks, the team behind the vaccine say their results suggest protection is achieved 28 days after the initiation of vaccination. Now, when financial market participants heard the news just before midday London time, they went crazy. Nah, nah, let me rephrase that. That doesn't do enough justice. They went brazy, sending global stock markets to record highs. The announcement pushed the UK's FTSE 100 to 6,186 points, an increase of 4.7% or 276 points, adding more than £70 billion to the value of the index. It was the FTSE's biggest one-day gain since March and the highest closing level since the 12th of August. Across the pond, on Wall Street, the benchmark S&P 500 index jumped to a record high of 3,645 points before retreating to a 1.17% gain. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the tech-focused Nasdaq Composite also hit new new records before dropping back. The tech-heavy Nasdaq ended the day down 1.5% as investors sold Netflix, Peloton and Zoom, plus other companies that have benefited from a pandemic boost. The Dow ended the day up 2.95%. Now, most of the pronounced stock market gainers last week Monday were the companies most affected by restrictions on movements brought in to fight the pandemic. Take the jet engine manufacturer, Rolls-Royce, whose earnings are closely tied to the hours flown by planes around the globe. Its shares almost doubled in value within hours of the announcement before retreating to a 44% gain. Shares in the events company Informa soared by 22%. The smaller FTSE 250, which contains more UK-focused companies, jumped by 5.2%. Shares in Sinworld, the world's second biggest cinema chain, gained 40%. The prospect 
of a faster recovery in global economic activity triggered strong gains in oil prices as well. WTI crude oil, which is the North American benchmark, that rose by 9% to $40 a barrel, while the North Sea equivalent, Brent crude, gained by 8% to $42.7 a barrel. Gold prices fell as much as 4.8%, to 1,853 petroy ounce, down from above $1,960 the week before, as investors abandoned the traditional safe haven in favor of riskier assets. Phew! There you have it, all the financial market reaction to Pfizer and BioNTech's announcement. Oh, and in case you're wondering, Pfizer's share price gained by 11%, while BioNTech's rose by 12%. The news didn't end there, because two days later, Russia announced that their Sputnik V or Sputnik V vaccine is 92% effective at protecting people from COVID-19. That's according to interim trial results. And then on Monday of this week, a new vaccine that protects against COVID-19 was announced, this time from the US company Moderna, with early data showing it to be 94.5% effective. The trial involved 30,000 people in the US, with half being given two doses of the vaccine, four weeks apart, and the rest had dummy injections. The analysis was based on the first 95 to develop COVID-19 symptoms. Only five of the COVID cases were in people given the vaccine. 90 were in those given the dummy treatment. The company therefore says the vaccine is protecting 94.5% of people. The data also shows there were 11 cases of severe COVID in the trial, but none happened in people who were immunized. So yeah, that's the end of that. But no! because Pfizer and BioNTech came back again on Wednesday, seeking to undo Moderna and Russia's vaccine by concluding that their phase 3 vaccine study met all primary efficacy endpoints. From their 43,661 patient trial, they found that primary efficacy analysis demonstrates their vaccine to be 95% effective against COVID-19 beginning 28 days after the first dose. 170 confirmed cases of COVID-19 were evaluated, with 162 observed in the placebo group versus 8 in the vaccine group. Efficacy was consistent across age, gender, race and ethnicity. Demographics um, observed efficacy in adults in adults over 65 years of age was over 94% effective. And to conclude this segment, honestly, I just find this to be hilarious because this is classic, my schlong is bigger than yours. But, you know, vaccine style. So yes, the vaccines are coming. 90 to 95% effectiveness so far. But what do our policymakers make of all of this? And how does it feed into their strategy and decision-making process in eradicating 
the coronavirus? Well, let's take a look at The Economist first. What are their thoughts? Chairman Jerome Powell of the US Federal Reserve was airing a word of caution by suggesting that the months ahead will be challenging for the American economy as the virus spreads all across the United States, despite the vaccine developments. In Europe, President Lagarde of the European Central Bank said that she doesn't want to be too exuberant about the developments of a vaccine coming soon. The Bank of England governor, Andrew Bailey, said that the vaccine advance is very encouraging for the UK economy. The OECD Secretary General says that the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are promising and he's hoping that other companies will follow suit. But um, he's also a bit cautious. Um, he's saying that we'll most likely live with the virus going into the whole of the year 2021. And now for the scientists. How are they um, thinking about this vaccine development and what it means for the world? The top infectious disease expert in America, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says that the end of the pandemic is in sight thanks to these vaccines. Wow, I'm kind of surprised he said that, to be honest. I thought it would be more on the cautious side. The politicians, on the other hand, we have President Trump. He touted the news almost immediately, firing an all-caps tweet, declaring, and I quote, Stock markets are big, vaccine coming soon, report 90% effective, such great news, end quote. On Monday of this week, the president tweeted when the Moderna vaccine news were announced. Um, he tweeted in all caps again, and I quote, Stock market getting very close to 30,000 on new vaccine news. 95% effectiveness. Now, if we move across the pond, across the Atlantic Ocean to the United Kingdom, Prime Minister Boris Johnson did acknowledge the good news in a press conference. But he went further on to say that, and I quote, we absolutely cannot rely on this news as a solution. And the biggest mistake we can make now would be to slacken our resolve at a critical moment. End quote. So yeah, there you have it. A mixed bag of optimism and caution from our politicians, scientists and economists. But, you know, forget them. I want to hear where you stand. Does the news on vaccine development from Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna fill you with hope for better days ahead? Or are you apprehensive of the challenges to come? surrounding logistics, supply, distribution and the willingness of people to actually take this vaccine. As always, hashtag Finance Fridays to join the conversation. Now, as this is the Finance Fridays podcast, we have to talk about economic policy because now that we have this vaccine breakthrough, which is a big game changer, don't get it twisted, that could act as an economic stimulus package for the entire globe. So does that mean that um, we return to more normal fiscal and monetary policy stances um, anytime soon? Is that imminent? Because remember, 
Central banks have cut interest rates to rock bottom levels at 0% or lower. There is enormous liquidity sloshing around in the financial system because of quantitative easing and other programs. On the other side, governments are spending tremendous amounts of money supporting businesses and households through furlough schemes, stimulus checks, loans, grants, tax breaks, etc. And obviously, all of these things combined cannot last forever. So the question then becomes, when is the right time for policymakers to pull back, whether a little bit or completely, on the stimulus and support they're providing to the economy? Let's tackle monetary policy first. Should that return to normality? Well, we have a situation whereby there is mass unemployment and it's still high across major advanced economies and everywhere else, to be honest. Um, and then when you look at one of the mandates of many central banks right now, which is price stability, inflation is still too low due to a lack of demand and lower energy prices i.e. the price of oil. So in that case, you know, for central banks to achieve their objectives and goals, it probably is not the wisest thing for them to be pulling back on stimulus and support to the economies at this moment in time, despite the vaccine breakthrough that we're seeing. How about fiscal policy? Should governments return that to normal? Well, what are we seeing? We're seeing still too many people facing financial hardship, record numbers of households visiting food banks. And in the business world, there's still too many businesses that are closed to accommodate lockdown measures for the purposes of curbing the virus or have just gone bust altogether. Take the events management industry or the airlines, etc. So again, just like monetary policy, by the central banks, pulling back at this time would have some serious negative consequences for all of those entities I just mentioned. And I say all that to say, and just to conclude this podcast episode, that, listen, vaccine breakthroughs are great. We're all cheering. Hooray. But the vaccine itself has to pass certain safety and efficacy standards. It has to be manufactured, distributed at mass scale and then have a demonstrable effect on economic activity for central banks and governments to be convinced it's time to consider letting up on the stimulus and support for their economies. Well, that has been it for episode 21 of the Finance Fridays podcast. I hope that you've been informed on the latest COVID-19 vaccine news and its impact on policymakers and their strategies going forward. Be sure to subscribe from your favourite podcast provider and join us next week for a brand new episode. Until then, this is Finance Fridays, signing out. Peace.